0: Hey, what's going on, you guys? I want to thank you for tapping into the Red Flag Podcast 1080. There's a variety of different topics that I'll be covering, and i also do a further intro video to what the Red Flag Podcast 1080 is truly about. But today's segment, we're going to start with uh, called Biblical Sunday. Biblical Sunday, we'll be spending most of our time, you know, dissecting some passages, going through the scriptures, configuring some of the language, identifying a lot of the characters to make sure that we as a people are on the right passage. And not just us as a people of black people, but for people who believe in this belief system that was given to us as black people. I believe that it's important for people to recognize what's truly going on in the world versus what they've been told. And I feel that most people learn about the truth of the good book, the better alignment that we could become as energies and humans in this world. So let's be mindful on these dissections. This The passages I'm going to be covering today will be strictly about what became of the disciples and what was their true message from Christ. Uh, Christ has specific messages uh, that the disciples had to retain and had to understand that information in order for them to be successful with delivering the truth of what it is that Christ needed to be delivered in his absence. And we'll also go deeper into what characters play what specific role and what specific part. It's important for people to realize that when you pick up this Bible, when you're picking up the Bible and you go to read through the Bible, it's important that you understand and identify the identity of those that are spoken about within the pages of this book. You will be able to find every ethnic culture, I'm not talking about different specifics. I'm talking about the ethnic culture of each nation that's on this planet. Now, if you was to ask the pastor, why don't you guys ever speak about the disciples and when you do speak about the disciple, the only three people that people talk about in the Bible is John, Peter, and Judas and they define a description of what happened to those three individuals and I'm going to go through this chart and let you know uh, what we found and you should do your own thorough research on your findings and your content as well um, so what became of the disciples and we're going to also talk in the future about what was the message that Christ left for his disciples and what was he teaching them for those three years when they were walking with him collectively for three years i talking about about all of the people that came on board we're talking about specifically his 12 disciples we're not talking about his 12 christians We're not talking about his 12 apostles. We're not talking about any of them. We're talking about Christ and his 12 disciples. So, it's important for us to recognize it's not what we say, but how we say it. And when we say 12 disciples, and when Christ said, go and make disciples of all nations. And I think and believe that the term disciple is more valid than any other scriptures that a person would bring to me or anybody else for that matter when it comes to what did Christ say. And then we'll also get into the forewarnings that Christ left for his disciples that would occur in his absence. And then we are realized that the way that things are today are not uh, in in regards to what Christ said, what Christ said would happen, did happen. So with no further ado, let's get right into it. So whatever became of the disciples, and this list is in alphabetical order. So when we talk about the disciples, when we're talking about Christ as a leader of his people, he was a leader at his time. And so he recruited 12 individuals. And so when we look at that as modern day, we can say that it's a Malcolm X with his following, We can say that that's a Martin Luther King with his following. We can say that that's the Black Panther Party and their following. We can say that that's Tukey Williams and Raymond Washington and their followings. We can say that that's Larry Hoover, David, and his following. We can say all of that is individuals with their specific following. Now, if you compare these modern day examples in regards to who Christ was and his followers at that particular time, we can identify that all of these movements started out as good solutions for community. However, from the outside looking in, people demonize each one of those movements. And not only do they attack the leader, but they also attack the follower. And when you understand what happens to the followers, uh, then it's important for a person to know that when you speak truth and your followers or those who are supportive of you in your truth could potentially suffer the same way that you suffer. So some people back out and some people run astray because they're afraid you knock the head off and the body would fall. And in Christ's scenario, that did not take place. But with a lot of our other modern day leaders, that's exactly what took place. So us revisiting this, we can look at Christ and say that he was an individual of peace. He brought peace and love. His specific primary focus was for his people. He sought out the sheep of the lost tribes. And we will break down the lost tribes at another note. But it's important for you to understand who those 144,000 people that the Bible speaks about. I see a card in the those 144,000 people that Christ speak of, I mean, that the Bible speaks about. And then to give us some more clarity on what's really taking place and who we should be really looking to, to put in order and in alignment with the coming of Christ in the end. So these disciples. So we're going to break it down. We're going to start with Andrew. Andrew, Peter's brother, also a fisherman. He died on the cross and a Shia, We're going to talk about Andrew, which is Peter's brother, also a fisherman. He died on the cross in Petra. It's a Grecian colony. So I probably don't know how to pronounce a lot of these names, but bear with me. Uh, Do your research and you'll find out yourself. So he died at the cross, Petra, in a Grecian colony. When we talk about James, the elder son of Zebedee, the brother of John, was beheaded in Jerusalem. James, one of Jesus's brothers. So James was one of Jesus's brother, also called James the Less was thrown from a pinnacle of the temple and then beaten to death with a club. John, the beloved disciple, elder son of Zebedee, brother of James, both James and John, who we also call sons of thunder, uh, the died of extreme old age in Ephesus. Judas, also called Issacrite. Judas, also called Issacrite. After betraying Christ, he hanged himself. When we talk about Thaddeus. One of Jesus's brothers, also called Jude, was shot to death with arrows. Matthew, also called Levi, a tax collector. Matthew was crucified in Alexandria. Nathaniel, also called Bartholomew, was filleted alive and beheaded in Armenia. Peter, also called Simon, also called the Zealot, uh, was crucified head down on a cross in Persia, now known as Iran, during the persecution of Nero. So we're going to also talk about this cross of St. Peter. So when you hear the upside down cross, the first thing people think about is demonic movies or satanic movies. And that's far from the truth. But the image of television and entertainment that will project an evil connotation from that symbol of the cross being upside down, but when Peter requested to be crucified upside down on the cross, he done so because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified in an upright, erect position that Christ was crucified in. You see what I'm saying? So the upside down cross of St. Peter is not a demonic nor a satanic cross. It's just the cross of unworthiness. This is Peter, the one who Christ called the rock. You understand? So take that into full concept. The upside down cross is depicted in movies of demonicism and uh deviltry and evil and and demons. So it's not a demonic cross, nor is it a demonic symbol. Do your historical research on that and figure out what the cross of St. Peter was truly about. Peter just felt that he was unworthy because he denied Christ, because he didn't stick to Christ like he told Christ that he would. However, he's still a disciple that was anointed by Christ and blessed by the most high to carry out the messages and the word that christ left for him so again the cross of saint peter's is just the cross of saint of peter the disciple who chose to be crucified upside down versus upright because of his unworthiness it's important for y'all to know that philip was hanged against a pillar in heropolis um thomas also called didymus or thomas the doubter doubtful thomas was run through with the lance in east indies so basically, they saw Thomas in half the long way, not across his torso. They saw him from his genitals up to the top of his head. They saw him in twine. They saw him in two, in two halves, right? So that what became of Thomas, the disciple that followed Christ. And Christ told his disciples, and it says one of the statements that we got at the end of this, uh, this, this, this article that I found is that none of them recanted. Even in the face of death, they still proclaim Christ as the Messiah. Would they all have died like that to preserve a lie? They were all afraid when Christ was crucified. They ran away and hid. After Christ arose and came to them, they were different men, changed not from without, but from within. They spread the good news because they knew it was true. And what is the good news? The Lord came not to condemn the world, but to save it. He is the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him shall live. And even if he dies, he shall live. So when we start looking at these, these outlines, so that's what became the disciple. And even when you take John the Baptist, for example, John the Baptist wasn't a disciple, but he was baptizing people into discipleship before Christ arose and before Christ came to the scene. Right. And so that's why I, uh, John the Baptist told the people, he said, I will baptize you in water and there will be one that comes after me that will baptize you in fire. And so when you understand what that is, so now when we look at us as people in society or energies in society, we're under a lot of pressure. We're under a lot of heat right now. You talk about ecosystem. You talk about the solar system. You talk about how the sun rays are starting to penetrate the force field that's over the world and starting to uh, kill things, right? And so that's borderline the fire that if you ask me, that it's speaking about and not just that fire in a real life sense, but the fires of the pressures that we undergo through life and the stressness that we encounter in and, and, and the division that we have amongst ourselves. That's the baptism. And what happens is that if you can't withstand these pressures that life put on you, then that means that you do not belong in the grace of, of the most high, nor do you belong in the grace of Christ himself. You get what I'm saying? It's all. Christ says, I don't come to take away of the old commandments. He just came here to re- restore it. So he's not telling you people, because when most people hear the New Testament, the first thing they say is that the New Testament came to debunk everything the Old Testament spoke about. But you can read through the scriptures in Christ, I didn't come to change the commandments. I just came to make sure that they was uplifted and fulfilled. So nothing that Christ is doing in the New Testament is against the laws of the Old Testament. Christ is just saying that people are not applying themselves to the truth of how things are supposed to be done. So he's here one time to try to regroup the people. And then when you know who the people are, and again, it's not all people, when you have kings that comes from specific tribes, then those kings are the representatives of the people within their tribe. And when you look at the 12 tribes of Israel, which is considered the lost sheep of Israel, when you look at those 12 tribes of Hebrew people, it's a nation of 12 differences on there. And each one of those 12 differences are identified in their category alone, like the Levites and the Benjamites the, the, from the land the nation of Benjamin, Right. And the nation of Gad is like the so-called North American people. So anybody that is North American and native, you're from the nation of Gad in correlations to the Bible, right? When you hear the Napatali tribe, those are all Pacific Islanders, right? When you hear the tribe of Asher, granted, these are all Hebrews. But when you hear the tribe of Asher, we're talking about South American Brazilians. Those are from Chile. Uh, Those are... The, 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 the constructs of what those 12 nations represent. And if you don't fall into those categories of those 12 nations, then you are not amongst the lost sheep of Israel. The lost sheep of Israel compiled of 12 different nations. And then when you look at the so-called black people of America, the Negroes of America, the Negroes are from what they call the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah is also the same tribe that Christ is from. So Christ is the king of the Jews. He's not the king of the Napatales. He's not the king of the Ashers. He's not king of any of those. In truth, he's the king of the Jews. He was the king of Judah. Granted that all nations will bow to Christ because overall he is the ultimate Hebrew when it comes to what is the true message. So never lose sight of what truth is. Many of us have lost sight. We can't lose sight of what truth is. Okay, so... What became of the twelve disciples? Because they believed. Christ showed them what his message was about, and then he demonstrated the power that the most high blessed him with in order to do these great things. And the great things that Christ done was the same things that he was teaching his disciples to do, because in his absence they had to work just as hard as he did to make sure that we could survive for one, and then for two, we could find and seek out the lost sheep of the lost tribes of Israel. So, not ignoring that. So, when you sit down with your pastors, and why is it important to know what happened to the disciples? Because it lets you know that every leader in our modern times, or these generations that we are able to experience now, all of our leaders, then the acts of Christ, they spoke out against all injustice, they spoke out against all what were considered be evil doers, and then they were all assassinated, which is a crucifixion, I mean a crucifying, it was all crucified. And they were all killed. So when I when I paint a picture for myself, I say to myself. And so sometimes you might hear me say uh, frequently that if you're not doing the true work of Christ, and those who've done the true work of Christ, then you have nothing to worry about from the wicked and from the oppressors. But when you're doing the job the way that it's supposed to be done, then there's a lot on stake. However, if you believe in the one who sent Christ to help you understand the message, then you shall fear not this life nor the death, because in your essence of belief and faith, there's no such thing as a death because the kingdom of heaven is in the midst of you. And if it's in the midst of you, then that's your wildest dream. So whatever your imagination of heaven could potentially be, then if you have faith in the one who sent Christ, and if you understand the teachings of Christ, then you should know from starts that just like the disciples, they had places in the kingdom of heaven that they painted pictures for themselves. And that's one thing that made them more confident in speaking the gospel, in speaking the good news. They knew that by speaking the good news, they would end up like their leader would end up. And that was true. And that's what became of them. Outside of John, who was cast into a, a pot of burning oil and water, and he survived, and they cast John to a, to an island where he caught the epiphany from the Spirit, and he wrote the book of Revelation. So when you're doing the work, is the moral of the story. When you're doing the true work of Christ, you have a lot at stake. Churches. I don't socialize with churches because... Christ went into the church to take the sheep from within the stables into the great outdoors and he spoke to them on the side of mountains or he spoke to them into the open fields. You're not supposed to enclose yourself. Those are practices of the Pharisees. Those are practices of uh, when they talk about the synagogue. Those are churches. Those are infrastructures that compile people and ultimately take your money uh, and that's one of the main reasons why the people started to be upset at Christ. And Christ warned his disciples. He told them, he said, do not be, don't be afraid of death. Just know that they killed me first. And don't be afraid of persecution. Just know that I was persecuted first. Don't be afraid to be crucified. Just know that I was crucified first. But in knowing that those things took place with Christ first, and you've seen the work and the magic that he'd done for the people, then there's nothing for you to worry about. So don't be afraid speak the gospel and speak the truth. And anybody who's in a correlation with Christ, your end result could be just what Christ's end result was. But if you were a firm believer of the Most High and the one he sent, then you too know that the Most High sent the messenger to you so that way you can receive the message and wants to build the relationship with the Most High, the one who sent the messenger so the truth of this whole existence is about the sender not the messenger the messenger is just the mediator between us and the one who sent him which is considered father so for everybody that got a dose of this this is my first podcast uh red flag 1080s and these was the red flags nobody said what truly happened to the disciples and nobody ever want to speak about the reality of what comes about when you speak truth so the red flags is with withholding this truth of information and not enlightening people because the more that you tread lightly the less will get done but in the meantime, it's important for you to tread lightly until you can retain all of the arsenals and all of the armor that you need that Most High has delivered to His Son the messenger to give to you to make sure that you're properly prepared to do deliverables because the people need us more than we could possibly imagine. Red Flag Podcast today. Look forward to it. We got more videos coming so you can catch up, catch up with me uh, this time next Sunday at 6 o'clock my time, Central Time, and and we'll further unpack this. If you have any questions about anything, make sure you drop a below. But like, subscribe, and share hit the notification button. I love y'all, man. It's my time and let's keep doing this.